Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about bringing back double drops to Destiny 2. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, any of the locations this hits as a podcast, you can always watch me live at saynotorage.com. And if you're here watching live or watching the past broadcast, click on subscribe and the bell button is a great way to support the channel or the join button if you want to get in the Discord, submit questions, or be on a VIP call-in. Also, if you click join and you're a paid member, you can submit questions in the Discord even when I'm not live. We let you do that the night in advance. So if you can't ever catch these live, that is a benefit you can cash in on. Also, the timestamps below will, uh, will get you to the various sections if you're watching live. I'm starting a different thing where I'll upload Q&A and VIP as unlisted videos rather than just for members for the people that are still looking for that. So I brought that back for you guys. I'm not going to put it behind the member wall anymore. So if you weren't aware, they did a week of double drops in the nightfall when it was Lake of Shadows and everybody loved it. It's been a highly praised all over the place. People are asking for more of it. Now, I know a lot of folks are going to rush to the comments and be like, Lono, they've confirmed this is going to come back again. They're going to rotate it back through. I know that. I want to talk about, number one, why was this so highly celebrated? Number two, is there a risk of too much of a good thing? Like, could we ask for this too often or too much of it? And then it ends up kind of folding in on itself. And lastly, rhythmic urgency. I do think there's an opportunity here to not just do double drops. There's other ideas and iterations of a form of rhythmic urgency that I believe they could tap into that they presently are not uh, tapping into. So let's just talk about how it was highly celebrated. Yeah, this was honestly in the, in Season of Arrivals, this was probably the most celebrated aspect of the summer. This is the most excited and happy I've seen the community the entire summer. Most people thought it started out pretty strong. They liked it. They enjoyed it. They liked the guillotine. They liked the dungeon. But as things settled down, people generally were kind of settling back into the, I want to know more about Beyond Light. What's next? The season's not that great. So it was good to see a, you know, a little morale kick and a little surge of people getting really, really excited. If you went to Reddit, the forums, Twitter, everybody was asking for this to happen more and to do it more. This is why the community managers have officially stated like, yes, it's coming back. We're going to have this sort of rotating in similar to how they do double infamy, double, uh, you know, valor and all of that. Uh, even YouTubers were making vids about it. Uh, even YouTubers were saying, Hey, do this again bring this back this was one of the best grinds it it brought back that destiny one grind i saw a lot of people actually comparing this grind to grinds they used to do in destiny one if you guys are familiar with when i went for the imago loop and the skeleton key grind d1 was very very grindy of necessity d2 has been a little less grindy it's been a little bit more accessible and a little bit more transactional with loot but this kind of brought back that feel I saw people hitting Grandmaster, really, really crazy timing and efficiencies, and other people were opting for the lower difficulties, but it was good to see the spectrum of player here really was able to land on this, I think, in a good, good way. If you really wanted to go crazy for Grandmaster, you could, but this, again, is why difficulty spectrum can pay out so many dividends to the game when you decide to do something fun like this, and you have various entry entry points of difficulty, more than just the, the most ardent and most hardcore players, more and more people can jump in and uh, and enjoy it and 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 basically play content maybe they haven't played that much or start enjoying content maybe they were not enjoying that much. However, I believe we can have too much of a good thing, so let's kind of talk about that here in the middle of the video. I love the idea, I do, but I think I, eventually we would care less. This cannot be something that's happening all the time. Now, I don't know very many people that are saying it should always be like this or it should be around all the time, but in the event that you think that's what they should do, let me tell you, that would not be the right call. You would slowly start to not care 
anymore. We would get inoculated to the impact of it, and then you would just start ignoring nightfalls again. You'd be like, well, I don't have to do that this week. It's not a good nightfall, or I don't have to do that this week. I'd rather wait. I'll do it another time. It would slowly become something that you're just sort of numb to, and it wouldn't be celebrated. It wouldn't be seen as like a, oh man, we've got to go and do this. It really loses its impact if it's around all the time. This is why I believe Age of Triumph was one of the best endgame times for the game, because at the time, there wasn't much going on, but it's a very, very celebrated time because there was a rhythmic thing going on every week a different raid was featured every week you know you had the different challenges and then not only that you had the different loot pools there was the different weapons the different armor the different ornaments so it wasn't just oh yeah come and grinding at good endgame stuff one of the most celebrated endgame times I believe in the franchise's history which was Age of Triumph and it was just a bunch of reskins like it was literally stuff we already had made prettier and raids we'd already played made a little different with challenges and we loved it we ate it up and I think that's one of their best formats ever with respect to end game content getting that surge of interest and giving it that love so that every week you kind of had something else to set your sights on this being time limited I think really gets at the heart of what Bungie can improve upon only being limited to one week really I think gets at the heart of why people were so sort of ravenously diving into it and then after it's over and done with, asking for more. So let's talk about rhythmic urgency. If you go back to the time when Black Armory landed in the game, you might remember that I really argued against making all of Ada's bounties available. I said this really kind of grates against what I believe is an actual a, a good thing. It's 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 not a it's not a con. It's a pro. You know, pros and cons of different things going on. You know, in the game, I considered rhythmic urgency to be something that was good. I just didn't think they had the bounties rotating properly. As opposed to making the bounties rotate properly, where one week, one week off, one week, or whatever, I believe in that in that realm, it was it was it, it took too long to get back to the weapon that you wanted. So everybody celebrated them making her bounties available all the time. But in my mind, that graded against what I felt was the last bastion of rhythmic urgency. It was sort of the last bastion. After that, everything was always available. You could get whatever you want from opulence and whatever you want from sundial i mean it was just there was never any rhythmic urgency anymore it's always all available this is why double drops being available all the time would have a similar effect it just suddenly isn't as celebrated it's not as uh exciting if Ada's bounties would have just altered weeks A, B, A, B, A, B, yes, there'd be weeks where you couldn't really go for the particular gun you were wanting to go for, and I know that would be frustrating, but the hope would be there'd be other rhythmic urgency things in the game garnering for your attention. One of the things we've been constantly saying is a daily targeted drop that rotates. So if you're really, really wanting to get that dire promise because it got added to the world loot pool and there's no real way for you to grind for it or go after it, it could be a daily targeted drop and it just rotates and it randomly drops in different activities well today you gotta run you know a couple of crucible matches or then gambit or strikes or, or public events and that's where it's dropping for that day this keeps the player base shuffling around moving around maybe dipping their toe into content they're not necessarily a fan of but they're getting a drop for doing it so just a daily targeted drop that rotates now this again doesn't need to be one item every activity could have a daily targeted farm hey you know this activity is dropping a helmet this activity is dropping this gun this activity is dropping this so then 
It's not just literally one gun. This creates diversity in the content as well as diversity in your experience. You could also look at the double drop modifier that they're doing right now happening on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. I think probably monthly would be the right call or weekly it could land on something else. So during this week, you've got people getting double drops in Nightfall. And then the next week it's Crucible. And then the next week it's Raids. And the next week it's Trials. So for a solid week, you're running that content as much as you possibly can because it's its turn to get the double drops. Double drop only being in Nightfall, it's fine if there's a lot of distance between when it happens. But I do think other activities could afford to get some of that love so then all of a sudden that player funnel fills up or lots of players are suddenly interested or the no-lifers who just live in that playlist. I don't mean any offense by saying no-lifers, by the way. Some people, that's just what they do. They live in that playlist. They're suddenly getting the double drop treatment that we got to enjoy in the Nightfall. So daily targeted drops, rotating the actual you know double drop to other activities. It needs to be rare enough to motivate excitement or urgency it needs to be rare enough to suddenly be like yes x activity is super awesome right now it's getting double drops if it's not rare enough the excitement goes down the urgency goes down it's just another activity it's just another week with drops it also needs to be generous enough to matter if it doesn't really feel like it makes a difference, if the, if the loot that's dropping doesn't even matter, that's another thing to, to really mark here. Age of Triumph checked a lot of boxes. There was rhythmic urgency, the loot was dope, and it was grindable. So you felt that sense of urgency, it's only here for this week, and the loot was dope enough to kind of garner you to want to go in there and actually take advantage of it and enjoy it. And if you're not going to do it or not enjoy that week, you always knew that the next week was going to rotate around to something else. So as always, we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this live or watching the past broadcast, well, again, we'll have those timestamps below and the unlisted Q&A and VIP videos will be available to everybody. Uh, clicking subscribe and the bell button is free. And if you want to submit questions or do VIP call-ins, you got to be one of those paying members to do that. That join button is available. Also, Patreon's available if you'd rather do that at SNTR Presents. As always, if you're listening to this or watching this in other locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about bringing back double drops, how Bungie could do that more rhythmically, as well as apply it to other areas. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, uh, maybe Spotify, any of the areas it hits as a podcast, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. Also, also, if you're wanting to watch these as individual uploads on YouTube, I am doing those as unlisted. I'm not doing those for members only anymore. Uh, so if you are looking for those, those will be available. They'll be linked in the original 10-minute video as a way for you to still have access to them. I, st- I think that allows you to download them and everything to the app as well so that if you download them on Wi-Fi and want to listen elsewhere. Um, Avenger with the first question. Do you think having this as a base Grandmaster drop chance would make Grandmasters be more aspirational outside of the huge rework that it clearly needs? No. See, this to me feels like an exciting modifier to rotate. Um, and so if they did this as a standard, number one, I don't think that's enough. I think Grandmasters need better loot incentive than just like double drops. And number two, I don't think it works as well as a standard thing. Excuse me. Like, if it's just available all the time, what I said in my video is that you kind of get inoculated to it. It just becomes like you're numb to it. It's not special anymore. 
And I just don't think you're going far enough. I think that I think that grandmasters need a better loot incentive in general, um, as opposed to just more currency or just better exotic drop rate. You know, like unless even if they add like a junk ton of exotics and exotic armor in year four, let's just say they do. I just don't think that's a good enough reason to go. Because eventually, what are you really grinding for? You're grinding for currency and slightly better stats or better stats on your exotics. Generally, exotics drop with good stats, so it's not going to be a, a a lot of uh, a lot of currency. Uh, I'm sorry, a lot of like substantive grind. So th- this is swinging too low, and it grates against one of the principles I kind of outlined that this actually works much better if you're consistently rotating them. And Age of Triumphs, the best example I could give, because it was like each week there was a different raid that was featured you could get the drops in and have the challenges uh, you know and, and it never really felt like you were constantly having to do the same content over and over again so and I know week to week the nightfall changes but I again think the double drops it's just better suited as like a modifier maybe it shows up once a week on a different activity so for that entire week you know the crucible guys get to enjoy it or the next week the gambit guys get to enjoy it or you know and then it hits nightfalls it that just from where i sit and i'm not saying i'm right on this i'm just kind of giving you my perspective from where i sit that just keeps the game fresh as opposed to it feeling like it's always uh it just becomes a standard expectation you know how old are your kids uh, they are about to turn five and seven. October, my son turns five, and then November, my daughter turns seven. Uh, so people enjoy Gambit. Gambit actually gets pretty good daily engagement. Yeah, it does. It's kind of surprising for those of us that don't enjoy it. It's hard to understand, but it is. There's a crowd that uh, of daily, uh, pretty good engagement. Uh, Gambit gets better engagement than Trials. Um, and Trials that's after three days. Gambit gets better daily engagement than an entire weekend of Trials. Uh, <laughs> more people play Gambit in a day than play Trials for an entire weekend. I know it has an advantage because of matchmaking, but still, it, uh, it's it got a pretty decent uh, daily engaged player base. Yes. Um, so, yeah, Grandmasters need, I think, their own loot incentive. They need their own sort of loot, I would say loot pool. I thought it'd be cool for there to be Grandmaster loot every season. So every season they're like, here's the Grandmaster gun, and here's the Grandmaster, you know, maybe armor ornaments or something. So for the entire season, you're doing one Grandmaster, you know, a week, just to get the ornament, because there's, you know, what, six six a season. So five of those could be the... uh, Five of those could be the... um, The armor pieces, and then the sixth is when they allow you to run all of them, you know? You're anomalous. I don't think you can tell someone who loves Gambit they're anomalous. Ashen, look at the look at the daily engaged player base. It's it's a section it's a section of the community that plays it. Um, I mean, I dude, I'm the guy that's always like Gambit's terrible. Can't stand Gambit. Never go in there. But I, I'm gonna take up for the Gambit guys and be like, there's actually a pretty good chunk of them uh, every single day uh, that play. I wouldn't consider it anomalous at all. I mean, it like I said, less people play Trials over an entire weekend than play Gambit an entire day. Uh, Bungie said they're going to be rotating the playlist bonus rewards weekly. Next week's Crucible week after that should be Vanguard again. 
Yeah, but when you say rotated, are you talking about like Valor, Glory, Infamy, and then eventually they get the, they're gonna get the um, the double drops though? Did they? I don't think they said the double drops though. They just said it's gonna rotate back in. That's that's what the Nightfall gets is double drops, and then Infamy, and then you know Valor get the double the double earn rate or whatever. So, what loot is there? What reason? I don't know what loot and reason is there to run public space. Most of the community runs public space. Most of the community lives in public space and strikes. And what loot or reason is there to run that content? You know? There's no double glory. Oh, I misspoke. Sorry. Double valor, double infamy. That's what I meant. Sorry. This is why I love Lono. He may hate certain modes, but he doesn't hesitate to stand up for it when they're getting unwanted hate. Well, I don't think he's hating. It's just a little, little misrepresentation, though. Bounties? There's bounties for Gambit. There's bounties for strikes. There's bounties that you can do in the public space. There's bounties for Gambit. I, again, I just don't let your lack of interaction with it negate the fact that there are people that do. And and I again, sup- I, I'm saying it's surprising that the number of people that play Gambit on the daily basis to me is surprising. As a person who's played Destiny since day one beta, I'm like, I don't understand this. But for whatever reason, it it hooked a certain crowd, and they like it, and they play a lot. Now, we'll see, right? We'll see if those numbers are roughly the same or stronger when they trim it down to one mode. I'd be curious how many of those people play because they can put on the armor stack with their buds and just absolutely steamroll. And if that element goes away because of the armor going away, will there be a portion of the community that feels like their version of Gambit is gone? Um... I feel like the more dedicated community doesn't realize the more casual player base plays this game more for fun and not for loot. But yeah, that's definitely true. That's why I think the season pass and the artifact are are popular decisions amongst casuals because it just automatically gives you a sense of progress and reward. My friend and his clan only play Gambit Prime. I believe his clan is in first or second place in the Xbox leaderboards. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like... I wonder how many of those players are going to be like, I have no interest in Gambit now if they get rid of the... the when, when they get rid of Prime and the armor and the armor benefits. You know what I mean? Are they going to, are they going to walk away and feel like it's not really the, the game mode that they love? Alright, next question. Avenger with another one says, Do you think double drops in Crucible and Gambit or increased drop chances of legendaries could be a good way to push into those other lanes as well? This is why I don't think double drops is is, is enough on its own. Now, obviously, I argued for this in the video. Yes, rotate it around. But there's got to be loot attached to it. And that's why I reference Age of Triumph. It wasn't just like, hey, for a week you can go run these raids. It was like, hey, for a week you can go run these raids and there's cool stuff in there. So this is why you need... Um, this is why you need loot updates for the... Um, for the loot pools of Gambit and Crucible and Strikes. If you don't update those loot pools, then this sort of an idea just falls on its face. Yay, double drops in Crucible. Who gives a frick? There's nothing new in there. Yay, double drops for Gambit. Who cares if there's nothing new in there? Now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that it wouldn't drive people into the content, because it would. It would. 
people would say, oh, double drops, I'll go check that out, I'll go check that out, or the people that play might log more hours, they might play three days a week instead of two, or, you know, five days a week instead of three, or whatever the case may be, so you certainly might see an influx of players, anytime you increase, you know, rewards, that's, that's gonna be a thing, the, I think, again, the real question is, if you're gonna increase drop rates, or double drop rates of an activity, my first question is, what is the pool? What's the what's the pool of stuff that might drop? What is it? And that's why I feel like Gambit needs new guns, needs new gun pool, needs new stuff to chase. Because if not, if all it is is the the basic the homogenized armor, it's the same geometry every, everywhere. If that's all I'm gonna get, if that is all I'm gonna get in Gambit, Vanguard, or Crucible. It's going to be really, really difficult to log bunches uh, like a bunch of hours and feel like, oh, dude, I can't believe it's double drops. This is so great. If the only thing you're really getting is the armor, I man, that armor is not going to be a strong motivator for people. It it just it is not. I don't want to speak for the entire community, but I just I can't see that being a long lasting incentive, because I think it's fair to say this. You have two types of players. You have the casuals who don't care that much about uh, about like loot. And then you have the people that do care about loot. I can't see either of those types of players giving much of a rip about armor. It's just armor. Like it looks the same everywhere. And it uh, well not looks the same everywhere. It's basically the same everywhere. So I I don't know, man. It's I don't think they've told us everything yet. I'm, I'm going to continue to kind of hold my breath and hope that they do have a loot update and a loot pool update for these, uh, for these, these vendors, for these game modes, you know, because if not, it, it I'm going to continue to bang on the drum of what's the reinvigoration then. If Luke Smith gives us assurances that in this year, they're going to reinvigorate those core playlists. My, my question is, how are you doing that? homogenizing the armor and not uh, updating the loot pool, that does not reinvigorate any any, anything with Vanguard, Crucible or Drift or Gambit if anything it's the exact opposite, people have been asking for a reinvigoration and you're not giving them even after saying you would, so I, I again, I don't feel like we've got the full story you know clap for you do you believe that double drops could at least be a test phase or could be a test phase before new light to build excitement towards possible loot explosions throughout gameplay this is always a possibility or on another on another token it could be a test to see what we respond to i don't think bungie ever does anything in the game in a vacuum and just like okay cool we don't need to look at any of that i think they're always going to analyze player behavior, player response, player saturation, you know, is an experiment for for possible, you know, loot explosions, you know, so that, and again, I would be hugely in favor of this because I'm sick of getting loot in the tower. It's not that exciting. And I want to see stuff drop out of the boss. I want to see Ingrams bouncing on the ground. You know, I love seeing the umbral engrams drop even though it's not exciting because you don't get anything you just run it over you take it back to the tower it's a really really pretty pile of tokens is all it is you take it back to the tower and turn it in for an item it's just a bit just a pile of tokens but it looks dope exotic drops are probably the best because not just because it's an exotic but because you can check it right then and there 
Um, the as far as testing, you know, loot explosions. Even if it's not testing loot explosions, it could just be what does the player base respond to when we increase reward drops? Do they respond in the positive? And how often can we do it before it loses its potency? If you do it all the time, then people are going to be like, who cares? I can run that anytime I want. It's not, there's no, there's no, as I call it, rhythmic urgency. Every couple of weeks, there's a reason to grind a certain activity. Every couple of days, there's a reason to do, you know, X, Y, or Z. And that's why I still to this day think Ada's bounties, they should have fixed her rotation instead of making them all available. It was a punt, and the punt, in my opinion, got rid of a quality marker. A quality marker of, you gotta go this week hard to try to get that roll on Kindled Orchid, and then next week you can't. And then it comes back around. You know, one week off, one week on kind of a situation. And I know people be like, well then I can't, well I've got nothing to do that week. Well, the hope would be that you know, lots of the game would have items for you, so when it's a week off and no Kindled Orchid grind, there's something else somewhere for you to go for. You know, I would hope that that's not literally the only thing you care about. It's the same reason you can't have Mayhem Crucible 24-7. Yeah, like the Scorch game mode, the Mayhem game mode, uh, Momentum Control, you can't have those game modes all the time. You say Quality Marker, I say Annoyance. Well, again, if that's all you're going for, I get that it's annoying, but it shouldn't be all you're going for. I don't think it's a very strong season or a very a very strong content injection. If you look at an entire pool of weapons and you're like, all that matters is this one gun. Everything else sucks. See, now you're focused on the wrong problem. Rhythmic urgency is annoying, Lono. I don't want to have to wait a week. No, 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 hang on. You're, 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 you're targeting the wrong thing. You're targeting the wrong thing. We need way more loot to matter, and if way more loot matters and is interesting and is pursuable, then it doesn't matter if there's a one-week period where you can't get a kindled orchid. There should be plenty of other things to chase. A loot pool being narrow in its value is the problem, not the rhythmic urgency. The problem is the other content does not receive updates, and they don't have the bandwidth for more loot. Well, we don't know if they don't have the bandwidth for more loot. I mean, 30-something weapons a season is pretty decent. It's not about quantity there. It's more about, do they matter? I mean, Sundial brought a great, great batch of weapons, but a lot of people shrugged at them because they were like, they don't really matter. There's not a lot of things here that really make them stand out. So. The Cat King. With such a limited loot pool, wouldn't double drops make seasonal content feel even more thin than it was before? Well, no. You gotta remember something. You gotta remember something. The the sundial, as an example, was extremely generous. Why? It was extremely generous because it was going away after three months. So, if you had a sundial that wasn't going away after three months, and it didn't need to be that that joke, that 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 uh, that generous, I'm sorry. If it didn't need to be that generous, then you could get more excited about double drops. If you were only able to get one or two guns per sundial run instead of what was it at the end, four, <laughs> like something absurd. You know, you're only getting one or two, and then there's a week where you're getting double. Well, that'd be pretty exciting. <clears throat> Again, 
again the idea being that you you do it rhythmically so it's more exciting when it shows up as i said at the end of my video it's got to be rare enough to create excitement and urgency if it's not if it's not if it's not rare at all if it's happening like every other week then <clears throat> excuse me it loses its power it loses its power if it's if it's available all the time necro I'd like to raise your double drop inquiry with this. They, the better we do, the better the loot. Bungie could have secret tasks for us to do or some challenge to fulfill in order to get a better haul. Your thoughts? You could tie a big bow on all of this because folks have brought up the fact that, like, you know, mo- uh, bounties don't even give loot. And some folks said, oh, don't do bounties, just incorporate them as challenges the way they did year one. So you'd go to run strikes, there would just be challenges. You go to run the seasonal content, there would just be challenges. You could tie the whole thing together and you could say, hey, you know, if you complete these challenges, then the stats on the armor will be a little bit better or it'll increase your, uh, your drop quantity. You could totally ignore it if you don't want to. You know, and obviously the challenges would need to be available every time you run it, because if not, it would be like heroic mode on the public event. It's always you're always kind of able to ratchet it up to that that next uh, that next level. And if you do that, then you give that spectrum of player the option to say, I'm going to do the extra thing. I'm going to check these extra boxes because I'm going to get this extra X, Y, Z as a reward. Um you got to be careful with this because I do think the value of the double drop is just come and do it and you get a double drop. You get extra stuff. And it's like an event. It's like a moment. Um, what if you have to new challenges every strike to try to complete? That would be the idea. You got to be careful though. Nobody wants to get to the boss and be like, oh, we failed the challenge. What a waste. I best, I guess we better wipe or something like that. You would need to make it you don't want to make it easy, but it, man, it's got to be doable. You know, it's got to be doable. It's if you're if you're getting consistently getting to the end of the the strike and you're wanting to either restart it or wipe or you're agitated because you didn't do the challenges, well, then it kind of defeats the purpose. It would need to be something that the people that are kind of like out of sight, out of mind, just speedrunning strikes, they don't pay any attention to it. But a diligent team that takes the time to like pay attention and get the crit kills or grenade kills or whatever, you know, they get it done. It needs not be automatic. It needs to be something they, they actually attempt to do. But attempting to do it makes it automatic. Does that make sense? It's like trying to turn a public event heroic Unless people are, you know, it's unless it's some of the ones that people can like burn down too fast, like on the, you know, Tangled Shore or something. You know, as if I set my mind to it, I know I'm going to turn most public events heroic. I know I'm just I'm I'm going to do it. You would want challenges in in strikes to feel similar. If you set your mind to this, it's going to happen. But it's not going to happen automatically. If you just ignore it and don't pay any attention to it, it's not going to happen. You got to actually go in and pay attention to it to assert to a reasonable degree. <clears throat> the whole syringe 
As a beta D1 player, I feel the discovery phase of expansions in D2 has become progressively more exclusive to those who can know life it. Uh, and the stinginess of is the stinginess of loot deliberate for this purpose? I mean, I honestly don't know if these two things are related. I want to take the front half of your question, though. I actually disagree with the way you're connecting this, and let me explain what I mean. You say all oh, the discovery phase of the expansions become progressively more exclusive to those who can know life it. Truth be told, the people know lifing the expansion week one are not enjoying a discovery phase either. They're doing everything they can to level up so that they can be ready for day one raid. I don't think they're enjoying the discovery of it either. They're playing the game in an incredibly mechanic, almost manic sort of way. Just burning through the content as fast as possible to level up. I don't think I don't really do. I, I don't think that they're enjoying it in a discovery way. I actually think the people that don't know life, the people that don't go crazy for day one raid completions, they're actually the ones that get to enjoy the content more because they get to just sort of play at their own pace. As opposed to what the what as you say, what the no life players would do. And we don't mean any offense when we say that. I know life the game when the expansion comes out too. Uh, to the second part, you know, is the stinginess of the loot deliberate for this purpose? I mean, I don't think so. I don't necessarily think that Bungie's like, oh, people are going to know life the game week one. We got to be stingy. I just don't necessarily know if they've ever sort of figured it out with respect to what, the, where's the balance? They've, so in Destiny 1, the game was mega stingy for most PvE content. You could only run the raid a certain number of times. The skeleton key grind was pretty stingy. And then the opposite is true when you get into Destiny 2. You get into Destiny 2 and it's totally opposite. It's super easy to get everything. It was like the pendulum swung from one side to the other. And then we get through Forsaken and we get through Year 3. And I still feel like they're trying to fine-tune it. I'll give you an example. Year three was all about intentionality and generosity. So many easy, easy routes to just tons of versions of a gun so you could get the god roll. Why? Because the content was going away after three months. So that's supposed to change a little bit in year four. The seasonal content's supposed to be around for an entire year. So I would think they would take the generosity and the intentionality and they would tone it down a little bit. So in year four, it's not, I'm not walking away with seven shotguns or four linear fusions or whatever the, it's, no, it would be a little bit more in the middle ground. So if you want to put in the time and you want to put in the effort, you're getting a good amount of drops, but it's not absurd because the content isn't leaving in three months. And so if they're being deliberately stingy because people grind like crazy, they didn't really do that in year three. In year three, they were ridiculously generous. They weren't. St- if you try to describe year three as being stingy, I don't know what game you're playing. If anything, year three has the opposite problem. It has the problem of being super, super generous. You just, you're just, you, you never ever have any want for you know multiple versions of of any of the weapons. In my opinion, early game D1, getting a legendary drop was exciting. Now I can play for an hour and I have full inventory of engrams, legendaries, and exotics. 
Yeah, but that comparison, you, you got to ignore something, and that's quantity of loot in the game itself. There was way less loot back then in D1, so they naturally had to be more stingy. There was also way less content, so they had to... I don't know, it was like, that was the only way to keep you playing. D2, it's the opposite. It's There's so much loot that they, they, they kind of have to be generous or you'll never see any of it. It's like, if you get really, really rare drops in D2, you're never going to see some of the gear. It's just never going to drop. Or, or if you finally do see it, it's like, well, it's not even the right role. It's not even, the, it's not even what I was looking for. Let's not act like quality hasn't diminished though. How has quality diminished though? It's the same basic weapon archetype, same basic perk pools. Quality hasn't diminished. It's the same basic guns that we were chasing for in D1. How is the Imago loop I chase for any different than most of the God roll hand cannons I have right now? What's the difference between them? There's there's almost none. They all basically do the same thing. They have perks with respect to reload, maybe getting something like health or reloading when your health is low. And that's basically it. My Imago loop had explosive rounds. It would reload itself if I got low health and something else. In respect to legendaries, Imago is stronger than a nation of beasts. Okay, but I could say that the Ostringer is... I, I could take a really, really strong kinetic hand cannon and say it's stronger than Nation of Beasts. That doesn't feel like a fair comparison. You're comparing a god tier kinetic to an energy primary, and energy primaries do feel weaker. I don't... They're, they're the same basic guns, they're the same basic the same basic pools, the same basic archetypes. Yo, Mike, with renewing his membership here, getting that black badge, thanks for coming back in for a second month. Recluse is the strongest primary that ever existed. Yeah, I just... The guns now are not gone down in quality or strength at all. I don't think the issue is the amount. It's how we get it and what you get for your time invested. Well, and that's... Yeah, that's always the question of how much time is it going to take to get the thing? And is the thing worth how long it took? I don't know. Recluse is bad now. Um, I mean, Feeding Frenzy's not what it once was, but Recluse is still really, really strong. See, I don't agree with that. Uh, Table JFK says, In my opinion, a double loot reward triggered by doing a challenge in a raid has the possibility of alienating teams of people who don't want to do said challenge for various reasons. Unfamiliar, don't want to teach, time constraints, thoughts, or pushback. Um, well, if it's for a challenge in a raid and you have people that are like, I don't want to do it or I'm unfamiliar and it causes like teams to break down. I mean, I'll be brutally honest. I don't give a frick about those people. I don't really care. If you're going to go in and have an argument as a team, because some people want to do it. Some people don't. Some people don't want to teach. Some people have limited time. I, I really genuinely don't care about those people. You don't make... You don't make content or content decisions based on the potential reaction people might have. That was like when people said, oh, if Bungie makes a really strong exotic, then it'll just become like the Galahorn and ruin LFG. You know? 
that's not a reason to not have a really great exotic. Oh, look at what people are doing on LFG. You don't legislate game game-wide decisions based on what people might do. People might look at a challenge and be like, oh, forget that. I don't want to do that. And then the next team come behind and loves it and enjoys it. For every team that breaks down and gets in an argument or like you're saying, alienating teams of people who don't want to do a challenge. Well, think about it like this. When teams are forming to run a raid, they usually put whether or not they're trying to do challenge or not. This is why normal hard mode, I think, is really helpful because it weeds out those types of teams. If all you really care about is doing it on normal and, and kind of checking your weekly raid box, then you're going to go to LFG and that's what you're going to look for. You know? And so, uh, if... If if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna feel alienated or like oh I can't get anybody to play with me because I don't want to do the challenge or I don't want to learn it or nobody wants to teach it I just I don't know I tend to think a lot of the things with LFG and the community and rating and stuff I really feel like a lot of it gets super super overstated depending on your perspective I mean I saw a guy over the weekend acting like he could never he could never find anybody to help him raid when he used LFG. And I was like, what are you talking about? There's always there's always Sherpas on Reddit. There's always Sherpas in the Discord. There's always people ready and willing to teach. What are you ever what what are you ever gonna do? Yeah, that's the quote. This is the quote right here. The quote is I refuse to help anybody with raids and or dungeon clearing because nobody would help me with the raids and dungeon clearing. The raiding community is a closed community. They only want to help those who have a lot of raids and dungeon clears. They refuse to help noobs like me. I just don't think that's even remotely accurate. I don't think that's accurate. There's entire discords dedicated to Sherping and, and, and there's, you know, there's the LFG, there's Reddit. Like, I don't agree that the, that the raiding community is like cross-armed refusing to help people. Now, maybe, maybe during certain times of the year, the raiding community is more like that. Maybe. Maybe there's times where people get burned out or the relevancy of the content goes down and... It, there maybe maybe there are times where people don't want to help but acting as if you can't find anybody willing to help or teach I just I find that really hard to believe there aren't as much chirping going on as you think right but again look where we are how far of a distance are we from the raids I guarantee you beginning of this season there were probably and maybe there probably still are a pretty a pretty good amount of people willing to Sherpa through the dungeon but maybe not raids raids are becoming like a think about what people are doing week to week to week why are hardcore players raiding right now they just want the pinnacle drops it's a pure time exchange you know it's a pure time exchange so sometimes it's a matter of timing I don't know because like Teddy's like I can literally post in the D2 PC LFG discord and find a Sherpa like yeah I don't know there are clans discords Facebook groups LFG reddit so much more if you want to find people to help you uh, there's so many lanes to find them yeah I don't know yeah when I saw you and lightly saying he was like preaching I was like are you guys serious 
Sherping couldn't be expected any shouldn't be expected anyways. I can look up guides if you don't want to blind run, find new people to do the raid. Why do you expect to be taught? Yeah, that's true as well. Five dollar tip from Rogby says it's like that if you're not in a clan. I used to be a solo player and people would be up uh, uptight about needing five plus clears or a certain raid weapon. Sometimes you just gotta pull the lever again and try and find a better group, you know. Most people upset by that don't want to go through the raid with new players. They want to be carried. Yeah, there's this weird level of hypocrisy about it. It's like, how dare anybody expect you to have experience, but you're also trying to find people that are experienced. Do you see how convoluted that is? I can't believe people expect me to have experience while you're simultaneously looking for people to have experience that to teach you. You're hoping to find people who are really experienced at raiding, and when they want to play with people who are really experienced at raiding, somehow that's not fair or that's wrong. I don't know. That that seems like a lack of self, like a little bit of a lack of self awareness. I don't know. I also think it's again, it's overstated. There are plenty of Sherpas and out in, in avenues to find people that would be patient and would teach. You know. Yeah, at the end of the day, if you put in the effort to get help with raids, you'll find it. There are way too many people who expect to just fall in their laps. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You should have experience when 20 raid guides get released day one. Right, like you're getting all the way to an LFG website, you're filling out the form, and you're looking for people to help you, but you can't be bothered to watch a little, like, raid video Think of how much think of how much grease that puts on the wheels. Seriously. Think of how much grease that puts on the wheels. You get in there and you know what they're talking about when they talk about plates one, two, three, and four, and shooting this door and throwing that ball and this and that and all that all the other. You can watch a video and not really grasp what's going on, but at least you're familiar with the room and the terminology and the stuff that's going down. So when they start assigning roles or they start rattling off the instructions, you at least have a a schematic in your mind, a very generic schematic of what's going on. So you have to understand something. One of the reasons sometimes people are like, dude, you got to at least have basics. You got to know what to do. They're not looking for you to be a God tier Raider. They just don't feel like holding your hand. This is plate one, this is plate two, a ball's gonna come out of over there, you know? I don't know. Going in blind for this raid, please be experienced or get kicked. (laughs) Yeah, It just, it seems a little contradictory and a little hypocritical, that's all. I'm not gonna throw, I'm not gonna point my finger in somebody's face and like, you know, scold them and get up their nose about this, but it's like, come on, man, you know, do, do a little, do a, do a little bit of work, you know? You expect somebody to spend a couple hours teaching you, maybe do some of the prep work, maybe check the syllabus, you know? (laughs) Mav says, could double drops be another way to drive the player base into lesser played activities like raids due to the time commitment, especially for those that have not run them before? Well, 
this is why I said rotating it would be really, really effective, and I referenced Age of Triumph, and I think you're kind of touching on it. It's a great way to funnel people into content that maybe isn't getting a lot of activity. Maybe they, maybe they, you know, they want to rhythmically make sure people are jumping into Gambit for whatever reason. And they kind of already do this with the double infamy. You know, they want you to go into Gambit for whatever reason. Um... And again, sometimes it's just kind of a fan service thing. It's just a fan service thing. They want you to, if you play Gambit, you enjoy Gambit. They want you to periodically feel like you're getting some love, and I think that's like I think that's a lot of uh, of of just good fan service and good rhythmic treatment of the player base. Um, I think that I think in general, whenever you're looking at the game and whenever you're going to into content there's like multiple questions that get you know asked number one why am i playing it what can drop and maybe the other question is like how often does it drop like those are your basic questions that you ask of content and double drops i think helps answer those questions what's dropping oh how often is dropping oh double you just see it so basic questions that typically get asked of content like double drops just automatically kind of makes those drops better or more exciting or you know it draws your attention there but this is why oh is the content fun true that's a question Darksider but whenever I set my sights on the Imago loop I didn't ask that question I knew I could run strikes get get skeleton keys and I could go and run the, the strike and get chances of Imago, and I did it. I just did it. I think that's a bonus question, sure. If the content's fun, if you can really grind it out, and you can really hit those content loops and feel like you're having a good time, yes. But I think a lot of the times the content loop becomes mundane and repetitious, but the, the goal is is to get loot out of it. When I'm when I'm replaying sections of Minecraft dungeons with my son, knowing that loot is dropping while we're in there and that loot drops at the end that may be better than what I have keeps me going. I don't think that this is like the 85th time I've killed this mini boss or cleared this dungeon. I you just keep going. Why? Cuz the loot dropping triggers that brain reaction of ooh, a piece of candy. Um We've actually kind of gotten burned out on Minecraft Dungeons. I, I don't know if there's any reviews or forums or where they put, like, cr- criticism, but the Creepers literally ruin the game. They, they, it's, it's, they ruin it. They actually ruin the game. <laughs> they're, like the, they're like the Marauder of Doom. Yeah, that's what the Creepers are in Minecraft Dungeons. They're so stupid. <laughs> we... we we, we die so many times while having a good run on an adventure or on a good run on a daily trial in Minecraft Dungeons. We lose nine times out of ten if we die and have to go back to the town. It's because of creepers. Because you, you, can't, you can't stop them. You can't stop them. They get too close. They blow up. There's areas where they just spawn all around you and you can't kill them fast enough. You don't have enough like magic to mitigate. Anyway, I'm getting off a side tangent here. Um, instead of Marauder Ants, it'll be Creeper Ants. Yeah, that's right. In, in any case, yes, the question becomes, you know, is it, uh, is it fun? And if it's not fun, you know, then that's, well, that's when a lot of people get off. The, a lot of people get off the train before they even get to the loot. They're like, it's not fun, you know? It's, 
Not to mention, I mean, look at what happened to me with Lake of Shadows. Lake of Shadows Nightfall, double drops, I didn't do it. Why? I didn't think it was fun. I find that strike at that level of difficulty in the night in the nightfall, nightfall of the ordeal, I find it to be annoying. You know? I find it to be incredibly annoying. People are like, it's not that hard, Lono. I said, I never said it was hard. I thought it was annoying. So I left. I let I was like, I'm not doing this. It just wasn't what I was looking for. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's always smaller streamers willing to do it, you know, and teach raids. That's true, too. Dr. Slay, what are your thoughts on the infusion system as a game mechanic? I feel like Double Drops is a band-aid over top of a mechanic that just isn't fun. It's just a way to make that boring, the boring loot drops useful. I don't feel like these things are related at all. Um, I really don't. I don't feel like they're they're, they're related. Uh, ooh, that coffee's cold. Double drops has nothing to do with infusion. Infusion is a way to essentially have like a secondary grind where you're having to consider, you know, getting more stuff and, 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 and infusing things up. Infusion more and more is just dumb. It just isn't needed anymore. And double drops doesn't really have anything to do with it. I get that Lake of Shadows thing. I do Crown of Sorrow very uh, often because minus the first encounter, of course. I think it's a really fun raid. Right. Is it fun or enjoyable should be the first question because even the best weapons and armor can't motivate me to run content if I don't enjoy. Well, I mean, it... I hear where you're coming from, Darksider, but generally speaking, at this point in in time, you're, I think, likely to enjoy to a reasonable degree just basic pve destiny content like if you're this long in 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 the running with destiny and you're like i just can't stand strikes uh the dawning vex offensive um or contact public event i'd be like well it kind of sounds like you don't like destiny does that make sense like i get where you're coming from but the first question usually this long in a game like destiny is not is the content fun we're all going to play the content, and on our 5th, 6th, or 7th run of the content, we're like, I get it. I know what's happening. I know when the enemies are going to come out. I've done this a bunch of times already. The fun factor goes down. It becomes a mechanism toward getting loot. There's there's no way, there's literally no way to play Sundial, Vex Offensive, Strike Playlist, Menagerie. There's no way to play it your 25th time and be like, this is such a blast. It eventually becomes, yes, like, it, it's fun, but I believe the fun is also related to the fact that you're getting what you're chasing, or there's a loot incentive, there's a loot reward structure that makes it enjoyable. I think the fun is interwoven with the reward structure. Does that make sense? Like, the fun of Menagerie, the fun of Sundial, is not just in the combat itself. It's also interwoven with how often am I getting a reward? How good are these rewards? When I'm when I'm in Menagerie for the 16th time, I'm not like, dude, this is such a blast. I'm basically just trying to clear it as quickly as I can to get another drop. I, yeah, fun, fun factor. Now, obviously... I don't disagree with what Darksider is saying. 
if you say is the content fun and your first time in menagerie you're like this sucks this is annoying this is terrible i'm not having a good time well i mean that's important information <laughs> that's important information because then that you know they would need to make adjustments or you just aren't going to play it if the content's super unenjoyable then you're never going to go back and hit your 16th run Fun and enjoyment are subjective, so if loot is what's important and makes it fun, then that content's fun for you. Well, but okay, so now you're arguing against your own point, though, Darksider. If you make the question, is the content fun a big priority, I can read back what you're saying to you. Fun and enjoyment are subjective, so if having a good experience is what's important to you, then that makes that content good for you. I mean, I changed a couple words, but it's basically. It's not a, ref- a refutation of your point, but it's somewhat at odds with what you're saying. You can't you can't be super like rigid on is the content fun or not. It's a generic question you can ask, but again, at this stage in Destiny's life cycle, the average PVE content they roll out is going to do the job. You're not going to come out of your skin for it. It's going to be generically like a general level it'll be fun to play. And 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 if it's not, then you gotta ask the question, why? Like, what's the cause of it not being fun? It, people that were like, oh, Sundial was terrible. Why? What was the matter with it? Critique it as a piece of content as it exists. Critique Sundial. Oh, it's just Menagerie 2.0. Okay, do you have anything else other than quoting a YouTuber? Or are you gonna actually say something original? Like, what's wrong with the content? Criticize the actual content itself. I never argue that loot and rewards are not important, not fun, but the first question should be, is it fun for you personally? Right, and what I'm saying is, starting with that as a first question is so subjective that, again, my point is, this long in the game's life cycle, the average person's not going to say, are Nightmare Hunts fun? Are Strikes fun? Is Vex Offensive fun? Is Sundial fun? We're not going to really ask that question. It's all, it's all a horse of a different color. It's just destiny, you know... Destiny is, as I said, it's Mexican food. It's a tortilla with meat, cheese, and vegetable. That's destiny. You take those three ingredients, you prepare them in a variety of ways. The same basic ingredients that go into a taco, burrito, quesadilla, you know, fajita. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's just all prepared differently. And so that's destiny. There's always those three basic ingredients. The question is, you know, is is there a good enough reason to keep grinding this? That's why I said, even if you answer the question, yes, I found Sundial to be enjoyable. If there's no worthy loot in there, then the then the gear the, then the content's pointless. It's pointless. There's no reason to run it. Like I can tell you right now, yeah, strikes are fun. I like strikes. They're enjoyable. I have no reason to run them. There's nothing in there. There's no loot. I run it for the milestone, then I stop playing. You know, I just, I put the, I just put it down immediately. So now it was great, but the loot didn't have anything unique. I've always said, if you put priority on loot depth, loot dynamics and loot vibrancy, then that can, that can basically make up for mundane content, right? mundane content you can put up with it for a longer period of time if there's really really good loot so 
If you if you go into content and you're like, oh man, this content's really, really fun, but the loot's not good, we all know fun factor is gonna depreciate over time. So now you're getting hit with a double whammy. After a couple weeks, you're like, yeah, it's not really fun anymore, and there's no enduring value because the loot sucks too. That's why loot's a bigger priority. Loot will always be the bigger priority because it has more endurance. There's not a single piece of Destiny content that after a couple weeks of running it, you're like, dude, I just can't get enough of this. It's so fun and fresh every time I go in. No, it's not. No one's ever said that. Repetition automatically brings about diminishing returns of dopamine hits um, and a sense of enjoyment. So if there's no loot to carry it, the content can't carry itself. Gambit is for a clan mate. He's got 15 resets this season. I mean, that's anecdotal. I mean, they've done studies on this. In general, the way that you're going to get people to continue to play content is through a reward structure. If the content itself was good enough to carry it, then we wouldn't have prestige in Call of Duty. You wouldn't have season passes. You wouldn't have loot drops. Content on its own is never good enough by itself anymore. There needs to be a sense of reward and a sense of progress. You're always going to find people that for some reason just can't get enough of a certain activity. But by and large, the way players play Destiny, you can watch the trends. They will they will slowly dissipate with content and slowly start to complain about content and be like, it just got it, it's I'm just bored. It's it's getting old. After five years of playing Destiny, the, the pattern is set. You get a month to a month and a half into a season, everybody's bored, nothing feels fresh and new anymore, and they're pretty much done. All you'd have to do is inject life into it. Look at what happened with Age of Triumph. We were all getting kind of burnt out by raids. We had run the raids hundreds of thousands of times. We're like, yeah, there's no real reason to run these raids anymore. You know, the fun factor goes down and all of a sudden there's a new incentive to go run them. I might be too old school where I play content sake, not loot sake. It's not that you're too old. You're playing the wrong game. I don't... Who plays Destiny five years into the franchise not for loot? Like, who are you? Like, what? What are you even talking about? (laughs) It's a loot-based game! Now, I can see you playing a game like Diablo or Borderlands and just being like, yeah, I played it through it once, and I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to enjoy the content. Nothing, like, not a single element of Destiny's structure points itself to being like, play it for the content. It's all about the loot. Look at the way they promote the, look at the way they promote the DLCs. Look at the way they promote the seasons. I just, it's, if you approach the game with a sentimentality that the game's not speaking to, then if your criticism comes out of that sentimentality, it's hard to take that criticism seriously. It, I'm, and I'm, I'm not being disrespectful here. What I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to like gatekeep your criticism, but if I approached a game like, um, I never criticized Destiny... Oh, you have plenty of times. So don't act like you haven't. If I approached any game and my sentimentality was, I really play Call of Duty for the loot, people would be like, what the frick are you doing? That's not a thing. There's no loot here. What do you mean there's no loot here? It's, it's, it's There's not loot. It's not that kind of a game. There's some unlocks. There's attachments. There's skins and stuff, but it's not a loot-based game. If I went to a loot-based game and said, I really only play this for the loot, you would tell me, well, you're playing the wrong game, you dumb dumb. 
Okay. Well, if you're approaching a loot-based game, a looter shooter, and you're like, I don't really play for loot, that's fine. You play however you want. You can play however you want. But the problem is, the problem is, it's value delivery is you're you're ignoring half of it it would like be going to it would like go to a restaurant and you're like well i don't really come here for the pizza i just come here for the salad okay well it's a pizza joint so you're probably going to leave and feel dissatisfied most of the time you're going to be like i'm not full wait why why are you not full well i just i just ate the salad well there's only so much of the I play for fun factor that, that Destiny's going to hit. Why? Because eventually the baton gets passed to the loot grind. It's your turn now. Carry the game. Right? You eat your salad. That was tasty. Not bad. I like the vibe in here. And the baton gets passed. Now it's time to eat the actual meal. If you're going to continue to play Destiny in perpetuity, season to season to season, what carries it is the pursuit of loot. But the I play for fun factor is just enough. I mean, that's your opinion. I'm not saying your opinion's right or wrong. What I'm saying is this game doesn't speak to just that. So you're chopping off half of its value and being like, I just play for the fun of it. Okay, you're going to get bored a whole lot quicker then. You're going to get bored a whole lot quicker. You're approaching a game who lives off of content loops that deliver loot. And if you don't care about that, then Destiny's going to fizzle very quickly for you. It just is. This is such an overgeneralization that only one type of player can enjoy the game. I didn't say that. Speaking of overgeneralization, you just overgeneral, you just completely misrepresented my argument. I'm saying that if you approach this game and you don't care about loot and you only care about having fun, I said you're going to run out of stuff that feels fun and fresh a whole lot faster because the game, as I said, passes the baton off to currency grind in a nightfall to masterwork all your armor, stat investments, that's all loot based, right? And then grinding for good guns, grinding for good god rolls. I never said that you can't enjoy the game. I said you're not even allowing half of its value system to land on you're like I don't care about loot I'm not saying to not play I'm not saying you shouldn't play I'm not saying that you can't enjoy the game what I'm saying is it's a loot based game and if you're going to shrug at loot and say loot doesn't really matter to you then it's very likely you're going to get bored faster than other people you're going to run out of that fresh new car smell you know what I mean when you get all the shiny things what is it going to do well, you go you go to the next season and you grind for new stuff. You do the same thing in Diablo seasonal format. I mean, it, 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 that's what you do. You go for the new thing. They've all that's what these games do. They perpetuate the experience by giving you new things to chase. This is this is loot based game 101. Loot based game 101 is come into the game and chase the loot. Look at the depth of the content that Bungie's delivered over the years, and if you're only playing for the fun of it, it's like, they don't even market the content like that. It's always marketed centered around the loot. Um... Before Beyond Light, you may want to add the ability to have folks auto-sign roles for whatever platform they play. It's really simple. Yeah, you can do that. That's totally fine. It's totally fine. Um, in so I, 
I'm again, I don't want it to make it sound like I'm telling you how you should approach games. I'm just saying if I approached a a game that wasn't loot based and I said I only play for loot, guess what? I'm going to get bored really really fast cuz there's not much loot there. You can't play just for loot either. If it's not fun, then why would you go for a gun anyways? Well, again, you're oversimplifying what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you only play for loot. I'm saying playing for loot and having fun are intrinsically linked in a loot-based game. They're intrinsically linked. 100% play for fun. I'll run five raids a week on the game. On the same character just because I want to chill with the homies. I'm also I'm also max light, got OP stats, got and god roll weapons. But when that's all said and done, I'm just here to play and talk with friends. Right, but because you have god roll guns and OP stats, loot matters to you. You're not saying loot doesn't matter, you're just saying you get to a point where loot can't matter, so you lean on other things and that's why you play. Every player is different. Every player is different. I was engaging with two individuals saying like, I don't play for loot, I just play for fun. And I'm like, so you never, you never care about the loot in Destiny. You just, you just play for fun. That's fine. That's fine. You can do that. All I said was, you're going to run out of that new car smell, that value, that fun factor is just going to fade very, very quickly because the game is basically like, here's a couple story missions, here's a new activity, and after a week or two, you're going to be like, okay, the new car smell is gone, I'm not really having fun anymore, what else am I supposed to do? Well, obviously, most people would say, we chase loot, go for loot. And flip the coin around, if I go to a non-loot-based game and I say, all I care about is loot, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to run out of that new, fun feel very quickly. Why? Because there's only there's only so much loot to drop. It would be like going and playing a Halo, and I'd be like, dude, I just want to play for the loot. People would be like, Lono, it's not really loot. It's the same six guns. I, <laughs> it's a linear campaign. You're going to get bored really fast if, if loot matters to you that much. So, I, you, you play and you think however you'd like. I've just always found it odd that people that place a lot of priority on story and strikes and fun and they're like, I don't really care about loot. I'm like... How, how did you get here? We're so far into the franchise's life. How did you sort of arrive at a, as, a, as a Destiny player and fan if you don't care about loot, you know? My seven-year-old plays strictly for fun. He's not, he has no decent weapons or gear or friends to play with, for that matter. He's just into the campaign to play over and over again. So to be advocate, there are types of players out there. Well, sure, but I would say they've got to be I would they've got to be a minority. I mean, loot matters to some degree. I mean, a lot of the casuals probably just play the public space stuff and the strikes. They just like to see the loot drop. They like it's it's fun to shoot enemies and you know what I mean? They're happy to go home. And 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 log a couple hours and then shut it down, you know? So, I got to move on. We spent too much time on that. We got some questions. We still have some questions left. Uh, Gritter can double loot drops become a hindrance if Bungie does not allow us to store uh, Ascendant Shards and Enhancement Prisms in the Vault? Without being able to store them, I feel the Postmaster will become too much of a detractor with all the hard work. Well, they gotta get rid of the cap on some of this stuff. It just doesn't seem... It just seems pointless. It just seems pointless. 
I got here for the gunplay and it was the most Halo-like shooter on PC before the Master Chief Collection came out on PC, so I came to Destiny because I had an urge for some good FPS. Right, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that Darksider. There's nothing wrong with that. But, a lot of the times, I'm not saying you did this, a lot of the times the people that approach the game like that, they start to criticize the absence of story and things feeling new and fresh because they're playing it like that. You're playing it, you want Halo, you want linear campaign story, character-driven content, and it's like you're playing a looter shooter. I, you're playing a looter shooter. Like, it just isn't going to offer that. It, 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 eventually, you live in the end game, run in a circle, and hope for d- dope drops. Like, that's just... <clears throat> Oops, sorry. Hang on a second. I just typed in somebody's answer, I think. Okay. So, yeah, but to answer Gritter's question, I, they got to remove these caps. They do. They have to remove these caps on some of these currencies. I don't think they're needed. Uh, Mason. How often should double drops be live every weekend or should they rotate every activity in and out? Basically what I argued was if you do it on like a sort of a weekly rotation, I think that'd be pretty good. Uh, so every week something's getting some love. So if you're not really a fan of Crucible or Gambit, whenever they give Crucible or Gambit love, you that doesn't matter to you. On the same token, people that are all about Crucible, if they know it's their week for double drops, then they'll potentially just completely ignore the Nightfall double drops. They're like, dude, I'm not going to the Nightfalls. I don't want to do that. I don't, does that make sense? It's It was like with Age of Triumph, week to week, if Crota wasn't your favorite raid, maybe you raided less often, maybe you didn't care as much. But when, you know... Vogue rolled around, you were all about it. You know, you were in there every day going for it. Same deal here. You have a big, broad spectrum of player. Rotating these double drops would be good. But again, you got to go back to what I said. I think it was Avengers first or second question. This is why you need loot updates, loot pool updates for Crucible, Vanguard, and Drifter and, uh, and Gambit. I am not going to go into Gambit for double drops if there's no new loot pool. Who the frick cares? There's no point in double loot for PvP. Right, yeah, I was just getting to that light leap. Like, you need updated loot pools for those activities. So when double drops come to Crucible, well, let's go. Man, I'll get a chance at some of these awesome new Crucible weapons. I, in, instead of being like, well, there's there's no loot here. I mean, to be fair, what you're really doing it for in Nightfalls is the currency and exotic chances. That's it. You're, there's, not, there's not actual Nightfall loot that you're going for either I want man I want that I want Crucible Vanguard and Gambit to all get a handful of new weapons maybe at least once a year or at least every season so that whenever you're going to those content and they're doing the double drops you're you're seeing you're, it's like oh yeah I'm excited about this I'm, I, I want to get XYZ weapon you know Ashen says This may be more of a statement, but I feel the Destiny in and of itself is not that rewarding. That's why Double Loot felt awesome. It was the only time I felt like running the Nightfall was worth doing. Is this a bad take? No. No. I think that's why it has potency. That's why it has potency. If, if you, if you're going in and and you're saying, man, this isn't rewarding enough or the game feels kind of like dry and they do something like this, that's exciting. 
because it's it's the potency of it hits harder that's why i said you got to be careful with this if you do it too often or it's just here all the time then you get inoculated to it it has no potency anymore you drink water every single day right it's it's water it doesn't really have this oh, water but you go on a run on a really really hot day and you come back and you have to drink water it feels it it, it almost it uh, it almost tastes different it it, it feels different and that's kind of what this is so if you rotate it if you rotate it then if you're a pve guy then you kind of wait for that rotation and in the midst uh in the midst of it while you're waiting you're obviously maybe doing other things or you're kind of holding off and then you jump back in because all of a sudden it's back again if they literally just made nightfalls double drops all the time you'd be like i don't care That was one of the reasons why when they did that with uh, uh, Iron Banner, near the end of Destiny 1, they made Iron Banner drop rates way, way higher and really empowered people to... um, really empowered people to get lots of drops. Well, it made Iron Banner a lot more popular and a lot more people praised it. Now, if they did that for every single Iron Banner... Would it lose its potency? I don't know. They'd have to kind of experiment with that. Because Iron Banner shows up once a month, so it might make sense to kind of always do it. As opposed to being like, no, we're we're not, we're not we're we're only gonna do this at the end of a season, or you know, the last Iron Banner of every season, they go crazy with the drops or something. Then it might be more celebrated they'd have to analyze internal player feedback and kind of response to it if every iron banner had crazy drops you suddenly don't think of it as a crazy drop anymore i've said this before we become inoculated and numb to quality of life improvements we forget that there was a time where there were no bounties there was no artifact there was no season pass there was no armor 2.0 there was no this there was no that we forget that there were times where those things weren't present they become assumed realities do you remember the first time you walked into like a store or a place where you were going to work and you felt like the office or the building was huge and then the next week you come back and you're like no it's not that big anymore you're accustomed to it now you get it you know where everything is i remember the first time i went into uh the best buy where i ended up working i thought the place was enormous and then after i worked there for a couple of days i'm like yes the place isn't that big you know and it's the same it's the same kind of a deal here it you it's every every piece of content's a little bit different so you'd have to kind of ask the question and this is why i always think they should start small so the way they've done this is good because if they start too big and they have to walk it back people get really really angry look at the glitch in menagerie people could glitch and then they could get as many drops as they want, and as soon as they patch it, suddenly people don't want to run a menagerie. They're like, this freaking sucks. So, same deal here. I would say start with the last Iron Banner of the season, see what player response is, and then be like, no, that's a great crescendo for the last Iron Banner of the season. If you do it for every Iron Banner of the season, and then you have to walk it back, people get angry. But also, if you do it for every Iron Banner of the season, it suddenly becomes, that's the standard for Iron Banner drops. It's not special anymore. You see? Akuta Papa says, Not on topic with the double drops, but with what they are saying about using the physics counter uh, instead of the mission. The physics, I'm sorry, host, basically. 
could we see less spam since physics knows more than the mission I don't know enough to answer you homie I would hope that combat would get better more refined less spammy more responsive because I mean generally enemies just come out and spam an area like what if doing this would make enemies not spam a ghost anymore how stupid is that they just keep shooting it it's like they can't stop but if the physics if the quest information is now on the physics host and the physics host like oh hang on that person's dead you can stop shooting it and re-aggro and move and re-re-pathfind instead of what do they do what do they do now they get they almost like they get stuck some enemies like literally just sit there and spam 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 they just spam a location and they never stop so but I don't know enough to answer you that's a hope that I would have but I there's no way to know Bungie would have to speak to that one Rain the Dark if Double Drops is becoming a mainstay then could this potentially lead to more strike exclusive drops it's possible it's possible I don't know if they would want to I don't know where these would land though. Would they only drop in the playlist? Would they only drop in Nightfalls? Would they drop if you go to the strike on the on the the the, the director? Strike specific loot's a big question mark for me. How how is it implemented? How does it matter? You know, how does it show up? You know what I mean? East Roman says or ECE Roman says, off topic, sorry. I don't think Adept Strike weapons have much room without a Weapons 3.0 because Champion mods are required for endgame strikes and if you have to choose between Adept or Champion mods, you will have to choose Champions. This is good insight because they talked about you know making Adept uh, weapons have an Adept mod slot and then that would be in, comp- in, in contention with Champion mods. Um, I agree and really hope there's a Weapons update coming because if not... I will be pretty disappointed that like a freaking ghost got updated with energy and mod customization and mod before guns do. <laughs> We've been in need of a gun pass for a while and it'd be a pretty big bummer that like armor, then ghosts, and then guns are just sitting there like, when will we get our turn? You know? Ink Toxicant. Looking at how well-received a loot drop increase is, should Bungie do a game-wide drop increase, possibly 1.5, midway through the season to carry us to the next season's loot pool? Like a loot week. I think one of the common threads that we've been we've been kind of hitting on today is this stuff hits stronger when it's rare. What did I say? It needs to be rare enough to motivate excitement or urgency. So if they make the entire game suddenly have a 1.5 drop and it's just like it's it's like that all the way it's like that all the time. Now you're saying could they do that for like like a loot week, just an entire week where the whole game's like that? I mean, that'd be kind of cool, but there's oh, there's so many sides to this. This gets this gets really really tangled and busy. If that's the best week to get drops everywhere, that could hurt player engagement for the other weeks. That's why I think rotating it makes the most sense. This week's it's nightfalls, this week's it's raids, this week's it's trials. So it's rotating. So each week, some game, some mode, some portion of the player base gets some love. If we're like, oh yeah, you always want to wait for the fourth week of the month to really grind it out and to really put the hours in, that can end up being, I think, uh, counterproductive. Counterproductive, I think. Um, So because it can end up feeling like 
they did that with Iron Banner, didn't they? It made more sense to play at the end of the week than the beginning of the week. It was like, nah, just wait and play at the end. So people would ignore Iron Banner for the first, you know, three or four days, you know? So. But good question and answer. We're a little bit over an hour. We'll have time for VIP call-ins here in a moment. If you're here right now, we're close to rolling the likes over again. We need a little less than 30 likes, I think. Smash that like button. Hit subscribe as well. Hit and subscribe helps me out. Like button also helps. Those are free things to do that helps the channel perform well and get recommended. If you want to become a paying member, click join or type exclamation point join in the chat. You get emotes, a badge. You can submit questions in the chat or Discord early, whichever you prefer. And then VIPs can submit for an hour of early access. They also get to call in. So as always, if you're listening elsewhere, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session that follow my talk about bringing back double drops and how it can be implemented in other parts of the game. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. These are usually Monday through Friday during the day. There's timestamps on the past broadcasts, and these will be individual uploads now, unlisted. Uh, not for members only, just for anybody that prefers to have them broken out and uploaded. <clears throat> so we're going to do some call-ins today. We got Gilly, Light Leap, Avenger, and Necro. And we are going to start, I guess we'll just do alphabetical. That tends to work, and that way I don't miss people. So I'm going to start with Gilly. Uh, go ahead. What do you want to talk about today? Uh, this was a little off topic, but you think, you, well, earlier you said that you think the Shard of Darkness we see, um, the Stranger Hold will be the season pass artifact i think it's gonna be a second ghost because that was what i saw in chat and that was a really smart idea and i think it is because the collector's edition sells a physical copy and I, i don't know if this is true but it would make sense that for the collector's edition you get the new ghost in real life they make you a full one it's die cast led as a little a hint hint wink wink nod nods to what's coming uh, the only reason I don't think it's a ghost is because the stranger has like a weird not ghost ghosty thing following her around. It's like a fish or something <clears throat> with like it's like floating in water, but it's not in water. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's kind of like her ghost or whatever her ghost is thing, and I feel like that that shard or whatever, it's either the artifact or it's something that we use to get the power. I I don't know. I can see why somebody would say we need a catalyst to connect with the darkness and maybe that's what the artifact is maybe it is a secondary ghost maybe it's a new piece of equipment or something that isn't even classified as a ghost um, but it's a catalyst to the darkness and then maybe that would give credence to the fact that we are going to get more than just one dark subclass you know maybe there's more um, and we have to acquire all the catalysts or something and that might be something we literally just like absorb and then that's like the end of it <clears throat> I don't know it getting a a second ghost right around the time they upgrade the ghost infrastructure and add those energy levels and stuff uh i don't know i'd be curious if that if they would want to have that many things in your inventory luke said it's nothing like a ghost or connected to the light or anything in his interview right but he said it's not a ghost and he said it's people were like well can we get one eventually and he said they weren't sure and he I don't know. It was like he didn't really want to talk about it. Almost like they're 
they're wanting to keep it a secret maybe um i don't know it i'd be curious if it's if it's uh if it's a, if, if we're literally getting a second a second ghost uh digital foundry released a youtube video xbox series x backwards compatibility tested and the performance it's immense so i'm guessing they're seeing good results from the backwards compatibility that was my question about the ps5 would i be able to play you know god of war or spider-man and get uptick in performance um that remains to be seen uh so we'll wait and see so i mean if it is a second ghost we'll all have to remember that you know gilly and a handful of other people were like i bet you it's a second ghost that's what that shard is we'll we'll obviously remember and want to give kudos i'm going i'm going on to the to the prediction table and saying it's the seasonal artifact that's what i think it is i don't know they haven't talked about any of the, the past three seasons they haven't shown us the artifact before and i don't know I yeah don't they know have they, they show us- them well they showed the sword and the artwork and they made they said something about it and people theorized that it might have been the artifact i thought they showed us the artifact the sword artifact i, I was pretty sure they showed us that before i thought they hmm. did Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Six more weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It just, to me, it fits. To me, it fits. It's an artifact. We're messing with it. We're upgrading it. We're, you know, because we're interacting with it, we acquire some stasis power or something. Um, So. All right. That's it for me. Okay. All right. Well, everybody remember Gilly in the Mist predicting that that fragment's a secondary ghost, and I a lot of us have... Uh, there were other people that thought that as well, so, you know, we'll see who ends up being right. Sony confirmed that Spider-Man is not backwards compatible. You have to buy the enhanced version from the Miles Morales Big Edition to play it. Gee, many Christmas. All right, I'm going to light leap next. Go ahead, sir. Um, so, I'm... Regarding the stranger, I don't know. There is a theory that I've read that is mm-hmm. based on uh, lore from the Forsaken Collector's Edition. It's a pretty good theory, so I don't know if, it, if it's it, does that count as a spoiler. I don't. Uh, know. It's not a it's spoiler nothing. if people are just shooting in the dark and making guesses. I don't, I don't consider that a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not a. It's not a dead mine or anything, but. There was lore apparently in a collector's edition physical that was um, speaking about um, um, Clovis Bray fighting a war with the Vex on Europa. Mm-hmm. So the theory is that um, that they had the Exo program, then they got the Vex core from from Venus, and then they developed uh, Exo specifically. That's why they remember this war to fight the Vex on Europa. And Stranger is basically theorized to be the only survivor based on some other lore bits and pieces that they figured, um, which would explain why she can time travel, for example. They use the Mm -hmm. Vex technology for that. And uh, then they tried to bury the evidence underneath the Deepstone Crypt, which is now overrun by Vex because Vex tried to destroy this attempt of fighting them, right? Yeah. Saw it as a threat. Um, it's a really cool theory, but that that's why I don't, I don't know. I kind of hope we don't get a different ghost because I feel like this 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 buddy system works well, and maybe we just discover that the ghost is like a metaphysical connection, something um, that we can also use through him, the darkness, right? Because mm-hmm. the darkness already possessed him. Remember in in the Shadowkeep campaign as well. Um, it would be kind of odd to have like like a 
good angel and a, and a, and a devil basically sitting on your shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, coming to the loot drops more though, um, I don't know. Do you want to respond to that before I continue? No. I'm, I was just thinking, what if we take that shard that she has and like we slot it into the ghost? You know, like it's it somehow augments or changes the ghost so that now the ghost you know, has a connection to something he didn't previously. Because the ghost can can be, you know, hijacked by the pyramid ships. They talk through him. Um, so he can be a conduit, in a sense, of something that's dark and not light. And I'm just wondering if, you know, that little back, that little back circle part looks like it could maybe, you know, twist and open. They twist that open and they somehow put something inside of him. That allows us to interact with the the darkness. I mean, that, that could be cool. Uh, I like the idea, too, that, you know, she was the only survivor of some fight or something, and she she did, she survived by figuring out how to time travel or, you know, something with the the Vex tech. You know, I'm always, I'm always anxious to get more backstory and more information about the stranger, because I think she's one of the more peculiar people uh, we don't know a whole lot about Eris, but we've learned more as time goes on. And with the stranger, I, the fact that was always, I was always pretty confident her story wasn't over. It's like, well, why would you establish that the stranger's Elsie Bray, the sister of Anna Bray and the Bray Bilter? And why would you do all that just to be like, nah, her story, you know, her story's over. They're not, they're not doing anything with it. I always thought that was kind of stupid. So I was, I'm like, I was thrilled to see that she was coming back. Um, and if they fill in some of those gaps and some of those holes back with respect to, you know, what what happened down there and, and what's in the Deepstone Crypt um, would be would be better than just sort of like if she just shows up as an NPC and that's kind of the end of it. They don't give us any backstory or any more lore or any more information. I'll be pretty disappointed. Yeah, but I think if Forsaken and the past DLCs are any indication... Um, they won't do that because I mean, Forsaken gave us all the backstory on the on the Awoken and Mara and Aldrin, right? So there's a high chance uh, Stranger being Exo, we get the whole origin and story of the, of the Exos and and with it her story, right? Yeah, um, that would be cool if they would be tied together. Um, regarding the drops, I feel like double drops isn't the right way to go in Destiny. I think they highlight more of a problem, hmm. especially in a Nightfall loot, because it's just not exciting to run for materials. I think right. what it results in, like, some clan members of mine came back just for the double drops, because then it finally felt worth it. And we still grinded a lot. I mean, to fill, we, we, we put up the exotics and everything, right? Um, but it finally felt rewarding, and the tedious activity, like, the, the basically materials just dropped on the side. You, you checked your exotics for rolls. I think they have a problem with generosity in this because honestly, I just lost interest in the beginning of the season before the double loot drops. I had some exotics, some new builds, and I just lost interest in in masterworking them. Even I used my old gear. There's no necessity for it, so I was happy I didn't have to do it. And when the double drops came, it finally felt like it. it uh, I finally felt rewarding, right? And I, I think it's not the the fact that it it's double drops and otherwise it's unrewarding. I think the double drops are, are a good system actually for materials um, because end game activity. I think that there should more more ascendant shards should be drop should be dropping in raids and other stuff and uh, also iron banner. I mean iron banner. It's for average players. It's pretty tedious. If you lose a lot of games, you get like what 
three tokens or something like that. Or even five if you win. You need four games for one engram. And then you get like every five games you get a you get an iron banner drop. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that what I also realized is that I was then happy. I was really content I'm really happy right now that I got like on all characters, I got ten ascendant shards sitting in a postmaster, fifty prisms, and it just feels good. <laughs> so I, I, I don't play the nightfalls now either, but at least I left the game and felt good after that. And before, uh-huh. there wasn't really like any satisfaction running these things. Right. I mean, I think what you're saying, you know, would would pair pretty well with some of the things I tried to touch on, where I said I think Nightfall needs its own loot, so that they, when they were do, if they if they were to do a, a a rhythmic weekly drop increase, it would be more exciting because there would be some pretty dope loot in there, and if they put unique loot in there you would feel maybe that draw to grind even when the drops aren't amazing but what you're also saying is just the currency drop rate in general could afford to get an uptick um but i also said similar things about gambit and crucible and just the strike playlist in general you need loot in there i don't care if you're doing double xp or double drops of what? Of the armor that, you know, you obviously a little bit ago were kind of making fun of. Like, we're not getting three armor sets. We're getting an armor set and the decals change. So it's like, there's got to be something more in the content. And so I do think that the double drops is celebrated for two reasons. Number one, because we do feel like we're in a bit of a generosity desert sometimes. And also because it, you know, you can you can put in a huge time you know time sink and get a ton of currency to prepare for next season and get a ton of exotic drop rate chances so i i think there's a happy medium somewhere where they don't do this all the time or they don't raise the generosity drop rate to the point that we become inoculated to it and it's no longer special but they probably could afford to say you know the and it seems like they might be doing that since the ghost is going to have the chance to like get prisms to drop from strike bosses they may be opening up the the currency drop rates and the currency distribution so that it doesn't feel so you know narrow and then once they do that establish a better standard of currency rhythm so you don't feel so starved i think content needs its own loot so that you have a specific reason to spend a bunch of time in a nightfall or strikes or the strike playlist and the nightfall to me are, are separate. And so they each kind of need their own loot incentive. I've never quite understood why a currency as an incentive feels so weak. You go into the strongest, hardest content and the main driver is currency. That just feels really, really weak to me. Imagine running a raid or going flawless in trials and that being the main driver. Oh, you get this great currency. What? No. Like I, (laughs) I want something a whole lot more meaningful than a currency. Uh, you know, to add to. So if they were to raise the bar and standard and say currency deliverable, the, the currency delivery rate rhythm has been increased both in quantity and as far as where the currency shows up, then the second thing I would want them to do is I need a specific and particular loot reason to run these activities. So if and when you decide to do a double drop, it's not just exciting because a double drop, but it's exciting because there's actual loot in there that matters and I care about. Right, but I think maybe I w- wasn't that clear. I think take uh, the mind benders, right? I think mm-hmm. why would it have hurt to get stuff like that or like you granted the Warden's Law every run? And would you even need then a double loot? I mean, because double loot can then can, quickly can get too generous, but I think if they would raise the general generosity level, it would be way more satisfying to play at all. And 
um, they could do a chance of double loot, right? Let's say, yeah, like this week's Nightfall, you have the Mindbenders, there's like a 50% chance or a one-third chance that you get two two rolls. I think if... I think double loot sounds exciting because it's just... There is... It's so tedious grinding for it, right? And I know people now come up with Umbrals. Umbrals is like the other side of the coin. We already talked about that. Right. You already said that as well. But I think something like... If they would just look at it and say... Okay, you know what? You get an ascendant shard every run, um, and you get a and you get a mind benders every run. I wouldn't need double loot, you know. You, you, I would actually grind other stuff as well. Right, and I remember saying exactly what you just said. It was like once I achieve the really good score in the nightfall, every run after that, I think it's fair just to give me a drop every time. Give me the warden's law every time, every time, every time. And then if you were doing double drops, then that would obviously be the week to really hit it hard because you would say, okay, if I run seven nightfalls today, instead of coming away with seven warden's laws, I'm going to come up with 14. So that's, you're, you're doubling my chances at the god roll. Kind of like I said, like raise the stakes standard of delivery with respect to both rhythm and even distribution so that when they do something special like that it is special but it doesn't feel like this content sucks if they're not doing that you know it's like i'm not gonna even bother with nightfalls until they're doing double drops i'm not gonna bother with the strike playlist gambit or crucible until they're doing double drops a good base of generosity and then you do you know the double on top to, to make it a special event um, I I think would be a good mix <clears throat> you gotta be careful because it's always one of those dials if they turn it too loud and they have to tone it back down everybody's gonna get really really angry so they have to be careful here if they turn too many knobs and you're running nightfalls or you're running this or you're running that and you're just getting buried in loot and then they have to turn it down, you're never going to want to go back into that content. It's going to immediately... I mean, we were glitching the menagerie and once they patched it, nobody wanted to run it anymore because it felt like the, the portcullis came down. It was like, we can't raid the castle anymore. This sucks. And so if if they, if they do attempt to move toward us with loot generosity in the ways that you're talking about I would start there first establish what they think is a good excuse me a good consistent delivery of loot and then you can come behind and have special events for double drop rates or you know greater chances of the of the the curated roll dropping or you know who knows what um I think that, I think that's where that, that that's where they just have to be very very cautious because obviously somebody kind of told me today that like you're always saying you know generosity is not the enemy of engagement well, no it certainly is not I'm always in uh, you know in favor of generosity but you have to be careful because you can't make the entire game feel like menagerie pre patch because if that's the case then that's that's a uh, it's like people that become um, tolerant of you know, different substances and things. They Then they have to have more the next time and more the next time and more the next time. It's a similar idea. Like, they gotta be careful here. They're gonna get to a point where it's like, you are you never feel like they could, it's generous enough because they keep upping it, keep upping it, keep upping it. And then the the rhythm of, of, of loot drop would become so absurd that nothing, it would feel like 
I don't know. Everything can't feel like Vex Offensive. Vex Offensive felt like Court of Oryx. It was like, I, I, I left with like a pile of guns and loot. And it was like, it was acceptable because it's only around for three months, but you can't do that long term. That's just way too generous. It, it starts to feel like it's too generous, maybe, is the word I would use. I'm not saying generosity is bad. I'm saying you can turn the, the volume knob up too loud, I think. I agree. But I think, um, as, as Menacing Mommy said, the raids you can now farm, right? And an encounter takes you about like 10 to 15 minutes. So saying that, for example, a strike-specific loot, if you would reintroduce it with Nightfalls, um, you get one every run, right? Or every second game an Iron Banner. I think that that's, that's right. still much more than we're getting now. And it would feel like the base game is already rewarding, right? It wouldn't cost this run during the week mm-hmm. of double drops. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would just really make it a, basically what I want right now. The the double loot drop rate is too much, too close to what the game should feel like, mm-hmm. and the regular drop rate too far away. And what I would like to be is that they have a more uh, regular drop rate that's good, and the and then the, if they do an extra week, it should be a smaller extra compared to what it is now. Yeah, well, and I think I think Christina's example is perfect because the dungeon being farmable and dropping something every time imagine if they did a week where the dungeon was dropping double we would we, we would be everybody would be in there you'd be oh it'd be great right oh, double chances double chances maybe i can get some crazy crazy rolls on my armor we'd all be in there and when they turn it off nobody'd be like well the dungeon sucks now then they'd be like no it's still farmable it's still a guaranteed drop every time that might be the ticket is we move away from chance of drops once you go into upper echelon content it should be a guaranteed drop and then a double drop is just like a it's like a BOGO coupon you're like oh this is great man we're already getting great great loot turnover but now I get a buy one get one you know for a week um because I know I would do that if they suddenly did double drops in the dungeon I would go back in there I kind of took a break from it because I was getting kind of burned out uh but I would die back in if I was getting double drops yeah I agree that would be the sweet spot I think that's all. That's all I got yeah. from me. Thank you okay. so much. Yeah, thanks for calling in. All right, Avenger, go ahead, sir. Yeah. Um. So, to hit on what Lightleap was talking about, um, a big thing that I was thinking about is you know the addition to adept weapons bringing into this kind of double drop rate, how it's going to be affected. And we talked about it before. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was in chat on stream, but we said you know where is this going to drop? Like, is this going to be in um all levels is going to be an only grandmasters like where do we want to put it and i believe you said uh put it as a higher as it goes up you get more um you get higher chances mm-hmm. so uh, like if you're in legend you have this percent chance in master it's higher than legend and then grandmaster is almost like guaranteed to me i think with the double drop chance and then this is what i said in my question you know have it you know have it put as a guaranteed for grandmaster and now instead of having it put there, that was a question I had. I thought about it more with the adept weapons. If you have it set as so we have the loot, we get our, if we get a rework on the difficulty in Grandmasters and then just have double drop chance, I feel like that would be a good supplement for bringing the aspiration to it. Now, to be fair, the double drop chance can be applied to all different lanes of content. This mm-hmm. is just something that I thought about that could make it so grandmasters outside of the double drop chance would feel even better to run the adept weapons for or to go run the adept weapons to have aspiration to go do that to me i feel like that'd be a little that would be better just as a base concept yeah i mean 
So you you don't want adept. I'm trying to grasp it here. You don't want adept weapons to be in the lower, the lower I do. tiers. I okay. do, I do. But in legend, so legend has a set. You know, legends say you know, ten percent, right? And then masters would be the fifteen twenty percent. And then your grandmasters would be at twenty five thirty percent, but you have a double drop chance. So that way you can get a roll that you want, as well as you have two chances to hit it. And it's gonna bring you to run that more because you're like, well, I have two chances to get this weapon, right? And right, I can right, get right. more rolls, and then it would push people to say, well, do I want to do masters where I have a lower percent chance and it's only one drop, or do I want to do grandmasters, go through the pain points that are that are presenting me, and I get two drop chances and a higher chance to get the adept weapons? To me, I feel like that would give more aspiration to it. I, it's always going to come down to time, always. So it, it would have to be crystal clear that Grandmaster is more rewarding because if I can run the, the one below it you know, twice as fast, then your double chance might not be enough because people will be like, well, I can run it twice as fast down here. It's less sweaty. It's less stressful. I'm just going to run you know, It's twice as fast. You know, um, It would be like if you had a hard mode and a normal mode raid and the hard mode raid took your team you know, two hours uh, or you could run it on normal in an hour, and if it lets you continue to run it, and there was no major difference between normal and hard with respect to loot pools, you'd be like, let's just run the normal version. We can run it. It's way less stressful, and we're ending up with the same amount of loot. So you have to do something that is a clear is a clear form of communicating value and feedback to the player when they finish that grandmaster. It needs to be so clear. Oh wow, this took us. You know, instead of running master in. Tw- in in 11 minutes this took us 25 minutes but that's okay because there's such a clear difference in how much loot that we're getting um and i like what you're saying like it hits twice like it rolls twice like they, they you know there would need to be a, a system that shows you this uh it would pop up and it would like it would like show you like not like a slot machine but something like that like it's rolling boom here are your drops and then that would go away and it would pop up again and do it again the after action report would be a great place to do this because you could do this in crucible as well and then maybe have a week of crucible doing or iron banner or something where the after action reports doing the same thing it's 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 giving the player that feedback of you're getting two chances here uh at these drops i would just wonder i don't i've not run grandmaster but you know what's the average runtime difference when a team goes in to run a master versus a grandmaster if it's if it's if if you and your team get to the point where it's just a couple of minutes, then sure everybody would run the grandmaster for the double chance. But if on average you're taking twice as long, someone's gonna say I'm netting basically the same amount of drops and master's way less stressful. Um, and not that that would mean it was a fl- it's flawed by design. I would say do something to make it you know obvious to people. Um, I ran Master in approximately 10 minutes, Grandmaster around 30. I could get more loot for less time investment for me personally. Yeah, everybody's a little different because I know I was watching, I think it was Astacross, like had his footage up of them running Grandmaster and it was absurd. And I know Lightleap, I think Lightleap said him and his team got it down to like a science. Um, Grandmaster Savathun took me about 20, Master takes about 10 to 15. Right, so that's the thing is if you can consistently clock 10. If you were hitting that 10 mark, like clockwork, and then hitting roughly 20 on Grandmaster, you're always going to have to ask the question, 
is it just is it just easy? Is it just make more sense just to run the master? So you you'd have to figure out how to um you know maybe it's guaranteed on grandmaster and then there's a chance that a second one drops and if it's not guaranteed on master then people are going to say oh well i know i'm going to get one every time and there's a chance that sometimes i get an extra um and then that average would start to to work in your favor over time as opposed to the opposite happening if the average starts to work in my favor just to stay at master then grandmaster kind of gets undercut if that makes sense I also think it has to do with what players are grinding for. I mean, if I'm going to go grind for currency and I don't need Ascendant Shards, I'm going to go grind Masters. But if I need either Ascendant Shards or if I'm looking to go get that Adept Weapon, if I have an increase, say even at like a 50% chance, you know, move it up to a 50% chance right there. That's going to be you flip a coin two times and if you land on heads, you get that gun. Whereas if you're doing a Masters, it's a much, much lower percentage. So if you're grinding the weapon... You're going to say, okay, well, I have, I can run this two times and not even get the same percentage drop chance as the time I'm going to get for one run two times. So that's going to push people if they want to go grind the gun or if they want to go grind Ascendant Shards to get a guaranteed Ascendant Shard. So they're going to go do Grandmasters. But if they're just looking to farm mats, they can just go into Masters and not have to worry about the pain difficulty. I don't think, I don't think you should be forced into Grandmasters for everything that you want to do and want to go grind for. I mean, Grandmasters is like, even in, even with a rework, it's still gonna be very difficult. So I don't think forcing people into that lane just for the best chance of farming shouldn't be the way they do it. But I think for certain things that are you know out there, if they're wanting to grind these ascendant shards or they're wanting to grind this adept weapon, the best way should do that. I think to me, I don't like the whole you do this and you get a guaranteed weapon because I I, I just don't I just don't think that's a good thing because when you have players are going in and they don't even care about rolls they do it once boom i got it i'm not going to touch it anymore that to me i feel like it should give more it should be and if they rework it to make it so it's actually not obnoxious as all heck to run it and they make it at least somewhat viable then it would be like okay well i can go do this again i can do this again and then they see oh well i get all these ascendant shards from it while i'm also getting this weapon Maybe I want to go do this a little bit more instead of hitting it once. Like, oh, I got this weapon. Oh, cool. I got an Ascendant Shard. I can go do that in Masters. And they can just go grind Masters for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think there's a bigger discussion here. I don't think Grand Masters right now are are finished. They designed this to be a checkbox for a, like a triumph, basically. It's I know people were grinding it for double drops, but in that was in lake of shadows so it's really short and people figured out some great strats it, you know if it was corrupted i don't think people would have been doing that um so you know the the question is are grandmasters done i don't think they are i think they they they've designed these in a a very ham-fisted way so i'd want to zoom out entirely and say completely restructure grandmasters and how they're how they're delivered and i would say put better loot incentive in I, I think there should be a Grandmaster armor set right I think there should be a Grandmaster armor set so if you grind like crazy Grandmaster there's an armor set and an appearance that only you can get I think that I think that's a given you could even I actually would say that they should be universal ornaments so once you get them you're kind of done drop rate should be decent and then once you get them you're done so by the end of the season you got this whole new awesome set and look and nobody else can look like that if they didn't grind Grandmasters and then you know and then secondly 
maybe a grandmaster gun every season that just has a chance to drop while you're in there and obviously the chances get better the higher up you go you can apply the double thing that avenger was just talking about and now every season you've got something for bungie to announce hey the grandmaster loot for next season bam they show the armor bam they show the gun and all you hardcore grandmaster homies can sink your teeth into it um because you're not going to be able to give a raid every season, but you could certainly give loot incentive for what's probably the hardest content in Destiny. I think Grandmaster P is probably the hardest stuff. It, there's nothing harder, I don't think. There's no dungeon or raid that's as hard as a Grandmaster. I, I don't think. I mean, uh, I know no, people are like, they're it's... easy, they're easy, but I'm like, nah, this is the hardest content in Destiny. Grandmaster is by far the hardest content, and it needs, like, there needs to be some kind of change to it. I mean, like you said, they're not done. And I feel like this year has been, especially with Trials, Grandmasters, kind of the cons they're bringing to us. It's it's what I've always said, this year has been a housekeeping year, and it's not housekeeping in the sense of, you know, oh, here's a patch here, here's a patch there, we're just tweaking sandbox and taking... No, it's full out, they're getting the base of the game set up, and then I'm hoping that they expand upon these things, these bases that they've brought on, so that way it can be better content and it could drive players to play it, and that way every single time, that we have all this content like the dcv every year gets rotated out we still have these lanes of content that are still similar and if they increase you know the quality of these it can feel like a game like a evolving world as they say right and i feel i feel like that's what they were going for and i feel like a lot of people are looking down on them right now and saying well you made grandmasters and these are awful you made trials and it's a joke it's half-baked and you said it wasn't going to be half-baked and to me i look at it and say let them let them evolve them let them let them change they, they threw to me they threw them in the game they said here's what we're doing take it it's not good right now but just take it and then they're gonna evolve on it later yeah yeah i i can't i can't think that they're that grandmasters will go unchanged in year four i think that they will receive a change my my attitude is always get the machine running and then add loot to it once a season so if they can get Grandmasters running, you add a gun and some ornamental armor pieces so you can peacock, you know, and that's it. That's all you got to do. You put a dope gun in there and some armor pieces, and obviously the currency and all of that should be the, uh, what I call it, it's like the subtext grind. So while I was grinding for exotics the one season, I got a ton of the currency. It was just a subtext grind. It's kind of happening on its own. Um, I think that should also be a thread that's happening so if you if you get your god roll weapon or you're you know you're working on your last armor piece then all along there you you should be um getting i think um a decent amount of the currency because at, at the at the end of the day i don't think currency is enough that's all the real that's the only real reason to go in there right obviously obviously the exotics dropping but then the main the main driver is the currency I don't think it's enough by itself, but I also think if it's going to be in there, it needs to be pretty good. Like I, I, I should never feel like the currency is too is is too stingy when I'm going into the hardest you know PVE content in the game. But I also think the question of currency distribution came up with lightly. But it's like this stuff should also be just generally in the game. Um, I, and and listen, if you're adding really dope loot and really cool stuff that you can only be gotten in Grandmasters or the Nightfall of the Ordeal, then you're not undercutting Nightfalls by taking the currency and kind of putting it out in the world. I mean, the ghost perk that can get the prisms or whatever as a potential drop, I mean, is it, it 
that to me shows that they're they're entertaining at least the idea that endgame currency grind maybe doesn't need to be so narrow to just one activity um which also then i think would necessitate that activity getting better loot driver on its own uh to to hit on that so this this is a question for you with the with the ghost mods coming in um and then you know light talking with light leap you know it's going to be across all of the content it's not going to be solely with trials and um nightfalls and trials is still very scarce as it comes um do you think that even with adding an armor set and adding the loot do you think that adding the ability to get it from everywhere and any anywhere in the game do you think that that would lower the amount of times players are going to be running the lower ends and only want to grind for grandmasters and ignore basically masters and um legend itself See, that's why I thought it would be a really happy marriage to have, like, the adept weapon dropping in all of the ordeals, but obviously it's it's practically guaranteed in Grandmaster. And then the armor set is only in Grandmaster, and it's cosmetic. It's It's ornamental. So then you would be like, I don't really care about the ornamental set. I'm happy just to grind for the gun. I'll just grind Legend. I'm getting enough drops periodically to feel I'm being rewarded for my time. But then, like, the really hardcore players would obviously go to Grandmaster, get the gun practically guaranteed, and then, you know, work on getting the armor set so they can kind of peacock in the tower. Like, I think that's a pretty good spectrum. Obviously, it gets more top-heavy the, f- the farther up you go, right? You get more uh, the higher up you go. And, I- and again, that's to avoid what you're talking about, where adept to master difficulty would become completely irrelevant. Like, why bother? This is stupid. There's no reason to run this. Um... So the the currency is a part of an end game engine that everybody likes to take advantage of, which is masterworking your armor. And that's why the currency should be a little bit more readily available with respect to distribution. And then if you have it more readily available with distribution, Nightfall the Ordeal needs something else to make it appealing. And I don't think you can do it once a year. It needs to be, I, I think, seasonal. You know, and that's why it's like four guns a year, really. Like you're literally gonna put one one gun in there a season, and they'd have to figure out how to navigate. Well, what if I didn't get a gun in that season? How do I get it next season? Like maybe you could do this with the weapon boons. As the seasons for the year go out, those four weapon boons unlock, and then by the end of the year you can try to get all of them, whichever's your you know, your preference. But they're only those weapon boons would only work in Nightfall the Ordeal, and they'd be the most effective in Grandmaster. And so that way, that's that's only four weapons in a given year. I just, I don't know. I think that's reasonable. That I'm not making, I'm not asking for a complete armory of weapons to be in Grandmaster, but one weapon every season, that's four weapons a year. Um, now, I don't know. I, I also said the armor, right? They, they might not be able to swing that. So maybe it's the same armor for the entire year. But again, if it's all the way up at Grandmaster and it's meant to be like the Peacock reward, then that might be okay to only have that be annually updated. But adding a gun every season keeps things fresh enough for people that are, you know, feeling like they're quote-unquote done with Grandmasters. That gun every season would be a little a little loot injection. Yeah, yeah that's it, it was just a concern that I had. And I, I think that's kind of really all I wanted to hit on. You know, I talk sometimes too much. So <laughs> thank, thank you for the talk. Thank you for the talk. You move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. All right, we are going to move on. Hang on. Okay, there. I was in the wrong screen. All right, Necro, if you're there, go ahead. Hello, hello. You can hear me? 
Yep, I can. Okay. Um, so, uh, I'm actually discussing it in Discord right now. I'm going to, you know, poke at you for a minute because we were talking earlier about um, content team versus loot team. Mm-hmm. And considering the double drops and everything, I would think that um, we... I agree with mostly what everyone's saying about how we prioritize the loot and everything. It's just... I don't know at what point do we have like a happy marriage between enjoying the game and the loot. Because what I see as a common th- comment is that, well, people would end up just doing the content anyway, even, uh, whether they like it, or whether if they don't like it, and they're just going to go chase the, uh, you know, the shiny trinket. I'm a, I'm over here thinking, why can't we have Bungie make it more engaging on the content side? And that way the player can enjoy themselves more. Because if that... Because I, I don't see where there would be a downside. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like, I would never... I would never want it to sound like I'm saying that they should make the content mundane and not focus on making it more enjoyable. Because I agree, you know, if content's too... If content's too samey and it doesn't feel like we're getting anything new or fresh... I think that does hurt. There's an immediate value transmission, and then there's, suppo- there's supposed to be an enduring value transmission. So the immediacy would be campaign missions, new locations, uh, new cutscenes, new dialogue. Like, oh, we're doing something we haven't done before. Okay, that's the immediate. Now, that doesn't endure, because a week later, if you replay those cutscenes or those missions, they won't have the same impact. You know what's coming. You know what they're going to say. They have depreciating returns on repetition. So the value you get from the newness of a mission or the newness of an activity goes down pretty quickly because most of the activities are also pretty short. So whether it's a campaign mission strike or something like Sundial, it's a pretty short endeavor. You know, you're done with it in 10 to 15 minutes, which the average Destiny player after a couple weeks has then played it in the double digits or more. And then their their enjoyment of that content only, now we're in the enduring value, the enduring value only picks up the baton and carries it if there's a motivation to go in outside of it just being fun. And I think that's where we were kind of passing in the night in the conversation. I was like, I'm not saying they shouldn't focus on making it fun, fresh, and new, but if you primarily approach Destiny and say, as was said to me, I don't really care about the loot, I just play for fun, my pushback was, well, the enduring value is never given the opportunity to pick the baton up. You're going to hit that wall of kind of quote-unquote burnout or boredom. You're going to hit it a lot faster than me. Because I, it took me forever to hit the burnout or the boredom in Season of the Dawn. In season of Dawn because I I wasn't going into Sundial because, man, I just love Sundial. Sundial was fun, fun enough, gets the job done, but the main driver I was going in there was for God Rolls. So end of January into the third month of the season, I'm not going into Sundial because it's fun. I'm going into Sundial for the loot. And I would say it's, you know, it's a safe assumption or presumption to say that if you're only playing for the fun and the loot's not the main driver, eventually I think the baton just falls on the ground. It's like, I've ran the missions for Saint-14, I've run Sundial a handful of times, I'm kind of done. And they package the season in a way that it's... I don't know, it's literally set up to lean on the loot, 
the content structure of Destiny is set up in a way where it leans on the loot and depends upon it to be the driver of engagement. And so I never once wanted to indicate that like, just make the content boring, crappy, or unfun. It doesn't matter. All that matters is the loot being good. My main point was loot being good and a really strong motivator can actually make up for the content being weak really really great fun content simply cannot make up for the fact that the loot sucks and the best examples I can give is like virtually every raid in Destiny 2 no matter how fun you think any of those raids are they fall on their face eventually because the loot's not a strong enough driver the funness of a raid can sim- it, it, it simply cannot make up for the loot deficit uh, or the loot value or excitement deficit um, Tower Public Event is a, is a great example as well if they would have put really amazing, super dope new guns dropping in that tower public event, a lot of us would have just took it on the chin and been grinding that event for a while. But we didn't because it's like as soon as the as soon as the uh, you know the content or the encounters start to kind of fall flat, there's there's nothing to pick the baton up at all. So I don't ever want Bungie to make crappy content and just you know make it up on the back end with good loot. I think both need to be excellent, but I really do think the game literally cannot, it can't, it has to lean on loot, or you seasonal the seasonal format even still won't be enough to carry you because there's just there's only so much newness they can jam into a ten dollar season. Um, so that was kind of that was that was maybe that maybe I'm I'm approaching this in a better way now that we you know I've had time to think about it and we you know we obviously were all going back and forth for I think that was about a 30 minute period <laughs> see like I do agree with that though like because when I think about it I'm speaking as an outlier um I I've played games I'll play Final Fantasy 1 through 6 all over again I love the way the story goes I don't care if I I'm not playing it because I would get Cecil's Excalibur at the end of 4 it doesn't matter to me I love what the what the characters do how everything develops and I treat all my games like that I bought Final Fantasy 13 and I thought it was Final Hallway 13. It was horrible. The game played horribly. I didn't care for the story. I dropped the game. I didn't even care if any of them got broken after a certain level. Destiny, like, yes, I do get bored with it. I do. But I find things to do in that game. I look back at my clan like, hey, what do you guys want to do today? And yes, I will run Crown of Sorrow and hate doing it. But I think I overwrite what I feel and want over um because i'm helping someone else so to me like i'm still playing the older activities and making sure that they get what they want like and when like even back with the last like the a couple updates ago when we were able to um we were able to farm the main encounters i was able to do the final boss and sotp many times until we got anarchy Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great memory. We got to hang out together, and it was just fun to do. Even if sometimes they didn't understand how to take out the ads. Well, we <laughs> did it anyway. <laughs> like, you got to kill the snipers, otherwise you're going to need three wells every time. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know... Um, I think that that's where I'm coming from, and I don't know if anybody else in chat is like that. We create our memories, and we think it's more of the journey, not the destination. Like, D1... I dreamt that I got Hawkmoon, and like the next day, I did the exact strike because I remembered what I did, and I ended up getting it in a strike. And I was like, okay, I was, yeah. I, I, I couldn't get it until 
um, before taking King, right before it. I could not find this freaking gun for the life of me. And I think that was much more memorable um, than, I mean, getting the gun itself. Of course, now that I had it, I, I, I loved using it, and I use it in just about anything. And I can't wait till I get it again um, in D2, because I guess nostalgia factor and in the excitement of what it can do in the new system. So, yes, I see how, like, they both play. I just think, like, where I was coming from, like, the content gives it that context. Why did it matter to me so much? Because I had to look for it. <laughs> that's like that's how like i'm a big zelda fan like the old the old way it was exploring a cave even though you didn't get it wasn't about getting the thing it was about how you got it and mm. like i always approached all the games like that and it's just <laughs> i'm i'm speaking like this in camp loot <laughs> loot team and it's like <laughs> i'm in the minority here i would think that we should have like a debate I swear, it could be like Avenger on the loot side, and then it's gonna be me on the content side, and we can see who's gonna win on that one. <laughs> that would be fun. Well, I mean, and I actually don't know if if each each team, as you're calling it, it's more like a Venn diagram. Like I feel like you overlap. Like he prioritizes the loot, not at the expense of the experience. And you prioritize the experience, not at the expense of the loot. Like nobody's saying, give me crap content, but good loot. And you're not saying, give me great content and crap loot. It's more like one, you're leaning, you're leaning right. He's leaning left or however you want to, uh, to phrase it. I actually believe in, in the West, if you took people and you removed labels and you asked them what they believed, I believe people that think they're so politically polarized against the right or the left, I actually think it's more of a Venn diagram. I think they have they have way more in common than they do not in common. And so I think it's something very, very similar here. Uh, people that prioritize uh, story over... Uh, over content loops. I've had debates with people like that. Uh, 30 and Still Gaming was like that on Rageless Roundtable. He was very, very animate about we need more story. There's not been enough story. It was something he really prioritized. And I was happy to see Bungie deprioritize story missions and cutscenes. Now, I actually think they've done a good job telling story in this year. Um, I think they've done a really, really good job, I think, telling a story, but there's not a ton of cutscenes, there's not a ton of story missions, and I'm okay with that, because I found the content loop was more important long term for the sort of the hobbyist style player that was going to be picking up a $10 season and we, you know, we used to kind of have those back and forth now, I know for a fact that you know, Mike, 30 and so gaming he doesn't want story at the loss of content loop and loot and cool guns he just wants more story. He doesn't feel like there's enough. And I don't want content loop and guns at the loss of story. I still think story can be dope. It can make it meaningful. I mean, saving Saint 14 was pretty awesome. So it's like, it's just a matter of priority. And that's why the way I land on this is there's going to be content that hits and there's going to be content that misses. That's just kind of the, it's unavoidable. And I don't ever think you're going to have content that's good enough or fun enough to make up for crappy loot. You just, you can't do it. If the loot sucks, it doesn't matter how fun the content is. So, on the same token, I think you can have loot that's good enough 
to make people kind of override and push through mundane crappy content these you know the skeleton key grind would be proof of this it's like you know i'm actually totally fine to do this even though i complained about it i i put up with the mundane and the frustrating content structure because i wanted to get an imago loop it was worth it and i mean rather the machine is an example of it's, it's 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 so close to perfection it's frustrating because not only was wrath extremely fun to play i believe that's that's generally an accepted conclusion in the rating community of destiny that wrath was extremely high on the fun factor challenging and difficult no not over time it became a whole lot easier over time it was more about it was more fun it was more bombastic and but the loot pool wasn't a 10 out of 10 half the loot pool was literal trash it was it was completely pointless and so that's where wrath started to kind of fall off the rails the currency was nice because you could you could re-roll your armor uh, and try and get the right reload and the armor had really really good perks on it so the armor loot pool was great the gun loot pool was about half good half not so good and so the there was a decent balance there you know it, you, and you could always also get the nano phoenix so i'm always going to say you need both but if you can only give me one give me good loot because that'll at least keep me playing if the loot sucks everybody falls off the rails around the same time we get you know the first month everybody's kind of checking out because there's just there's nothing enduring the enduring value has to pick the baton up and i think season of the worthy is the best example of the content sucked and so did the guns and so it just gets shredded and i think worthy could have been somewhat stabilized as 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 a season if the loot would have been really really good uh and i defended the guns initially but over time just realized they just they weren't good enough they they didn't they there's no way they were going to carry bad content and we all you know we all kind of walked away from it right well uh that's it for me i had did have another topic to talk about but that's probably going to go set you way over so yeah, yeah, we're about 15 minutes away from repeat theater. So I appreciate you calling in, Necro. Thank you. Yep, have fun. Take care. All right, everybody. If you think these call-ins are pretty cool, you can do it too. You got to be a VIP member. You can click join on the YouTube channel or go over to the Patreon. You can use the Patreon command or the join command in the YouTube chat. If you're watching this as a past broadcast, the individual uploads are continuing to go up. Uh, we're just unlisting those. Those are linked in the 10-minute video. Uh, you can always come to saynotorage.com to watch these live. Monday through Friday during the day, it's like an interactive podcast. You can keep me on in the background. As always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.